So this week we are joined by John once again, who is here to talk about everything new that has come to the Universal Orlando Resort since since COVID began really. So going back to March 2020, he's been fortunate enough to visit the resort many, many times since then. Obviously, Dan and I haven't, um, as is most of the people here in the UK. So I'm going to hopefully help with the, the Euros woes that I've just been through. So sit back relax and enjoy the podcast each of us has a dream a heart's desire it calls to us and when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be all we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic Stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. So, welcome back to the to the show, John. How are you? All good? I'm doing well. Doing well. You know, trying to just function here in the Midwest, in the United States. Trying to think of your next the next time you're going to be back at Universal. I know when that is, but I'm actually in between um, annual. Pa- I let I let my annual pass expire because it, I was going to not be back again until September. So my next year mm. is back in September. Well, at least you've got the option of getting an annual pass for Universal. I was trying not to make that dig at Disney at the moment, but yes. <laughs> you should make I, the dig. I, I hear rumors that they are going to have annual pass in some capacity soon. But, but I'm going to make fun of, I'm sure as we talk about something Disney, something Universal did recently, that Disney says they're bringing back and Universal got rid of. Yes, I know what you're going to talk about. Do you think the... Um... The, there's going to be an ultimate platinum pass that will give people um, fast passes. <laughs> yeah, that's well. You're closer to Disneyland Paris. Let me know how that's going to go. Yeah, it, <laughs> let me let me tell you, it's not going down well. I didn't think it would. Um, they they tried to introduce paid fast passes in Disneyland Paris before, and they did not sell. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting one because they're getting rid of free fast passes, mm-hmm. uh, whereas that was a oh, on. The reporting we've gotten here is they were not getting rid of free. They were just yeah. limiting them. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, that So some of the signs are starting to go on fast okay. passes. Okay. But I think, yeah, I think there's still not 100% confirmation on it. But I've seen some of the signs starting to fade away on like Star Tours and stuff. But to be fair, Disneyland Paris, that could just be lack of general maintenance. Yeah, I was trying not to make that dig at Fort Disneyland Paris. <laughs> it, it has got better since Disney took it over. Right. Um, but you're back on the show, I think, specifically to talk about all of the things that Dan and I and the rest of the people, certainly from the UK, um, but many others outside of the UK, have probably missed out on during the, the pandemic. And I think we often think and many people often think that Universal has just kind of sat there, not done much during the pandemic. Now, we all know that uh, Velocicoaster is open. I think nobody... Mm-hmm. Nobody's unaware that that's happened. That's been a huge thing over the last couple of months. But outside of that, 
I think there's been a lot going on in the parks that maybe we've not been aware of. And I know you've had a chance to try a lot of these new experiences and food and beverage options and things. So yeah, it'd be great to, you know, go through what's, what's open and what's new. Okay. Um, just, uh, I'm just going to read off an article I wrote and I will hawk the website later so we can get to that later. But um, in this section, it talks about things that are new or different at Universal Orlando. Uh, the first thing is, well, I mentioned July, Jurassic World Velocicoaster, but I don't want to rub that in, rub it in that I've ridden it seven times and I'll just let you, let you go with that. Um, I don't th- so I don't think we've like just touching on that and I'm, I'm going to just let that one go that you've been on it. <laughs> But I don't think we've discussed your thoughts on it, your overall thoughts on the attraction. So obviously I, we've not had someone on the show that has been on, okay. on the ride yet. So um, I guess what are your overall thoughts of the, of the ride without spoiling any potential spoilers? Being, in the- being the cynic that I truly am, because I am, I, God made me a pessimist and I've enhanced that negatively a hundred times through the years. One of the criticisms we had about Universal is they were trying to eliminate using other people's IPs. Mm. like everything they've created recently they have been their ips which many of which has been not so good found fast and furious yes exactly um much of that was done to cut cost and the argument was they created some cheaper attractions fast and furious so that they could spend a lot of money in their agreement with intamin to build hagrid's magical creature motorbike adventure and jurassic world with a theory they would go all in Mm. I would argue that the queue itself for Jurassic World Velocicoaster might be worth just walking through, even if you don't do the coaster. So I, I have, I haven't seen the full ride through because I kind of want to wait. I've seen bits mm-hmm. of it, but I have seen the queue and seen a walk, several walkthroughs of the queue, and it does look incredible. And I cannot overemphasize how well this works. If I have two main criticisms of Universal. Traditionally, I have another one that's been added during this period of time. Um, their security hub system can get really busy if you go the wrong time of day to get through CityWalk. If you're staying off site, it's just a pain, even though it's, well, it's gotten better this week. And the lockers for hmm. coasters. Um, yeah. If you're unaware, you can take your stuff through the queue on Jurassic World Velocicoaster. There's a locker in the queue you put your stuff in you come back out on the other side of the lockers and it's double-sided you pull them out it works phenomenally if you're going through the single rider line you have to go down a little farther but that's pretty great yeah that that is absolutely brilliant i mean a lot of the time we you know i mean forbidden journey i mean well they've moved the lockers on forbidden journey so that problem's gone yeah but my, I mean, I've but, got. But Green Guts is still a literal nightmare. I, I've had, honestly, I've had, I've woken up in the middle of the night thinking about Forbidden Journey. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did solve that, and now that's a marketing place with all the all the different house stuff in there. So that works really well. Yeah, and it actually fits Thank in goodness. thematically well. But Green Guts, even they, they're using a different line to get into the lockers now. It's still less than desirable. Yeah. And like obviously, next time I go to Universal, I will have um, a one or two year old with me. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no avoiding taking a bag into that park with a with a child that young. That's correct. 
So yeah, that's that's really good because I I'd heard they'd done something with the lockers on Velocicoaster, but it's seemed... oh yeah, it's great. Yeah, they, they've learned from past mistakes, which is fantastic. And they made it, I can't remember what they are. I think it's, each locker has a number, a color. Each locker says a number, a color, and a symbol of like a dinosaur or something. So if you can't remember what locker you went to, that's a you problem at this point. Because mm-hmm. it used to be you just had to remember a number. Well, you know, depending on how long you were on Forbidden Journey and how many and whether you threw up or not because of the Dementors, you might not remember where your locker was. See, I always always used to uh, to, to laugh at the people that, that couldn't remember their locker numbers until it happened mm-hmm. to me. And, and then I uh, immediately felt sorry for everyone and thought and I was there. We were there for half an hour trying to find our locker. Uh, and they, they made a lot of the lock. They made a lot of the lockers better because really you just have to remember your locker section. I'm in section 13 or section nine or section yeah. eight. You don't yeah. have to remember a specific locker anymore. Yeah. Mm. So that's helped a lot. Yeah. Um, things that are different that I had to go back and make sure because I've done it so many times I've forgotten. The Born Stuntacular, you've not gotten to experience. No, and, and that came in June or July of 2020. Yeah, and and it's, when we. It, it is clearly a step up in the world of shows in the Orlando area. Because I remember when they first announced this and we, I remember Dan and I sit, sitting on this podcast going, Born, like that's not a franchise that anyone cares mm-hmm. about anymore. What that's are they a doing? Stunt show? But yeah. it's a stunt show. So it's really just about the stunt show because Universal, how, how many people have you heard rant about Waterworld stunt show? Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. very true, yeah. Oh, well, they own Bourne. Bourne's one of their highest selling franchises. Basically, I mean, I'm not in any Comcast meetings, but it looks like Comcast just sat down and went, what is our highest grossing IPs that we can put in the park? Fast and Furious, Bourne. And they just went down the list. Yeah. Minions is going to get expanded, obviously, because they come up next, I think. And so. I wouldn't be surprised to see some kind of presence in Epic Universe. Yes, that is the great debate at the moment. But because now we're just getting into wild rumors that change every week. Oh, yeah. I mean, one thing's for sure. We know that um, the Yoshi track is sat there somewhere. Oh, the what? Yeah, we're getting a carbon copy of Japan in Orlando yeah. Yeah. with some other stuff added. Yeah, definitely. Because you know, the, the, tra- the track is there. Yeah, it's all there. So. I've I seen, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've seen those pictures as well. But that Yoshi yeah. track is done and... Dunn and Dustin is just sat there waiting to be built. Is it just sat in a car park somewhere, is it? Good. No, I was going to say, I can't remember where exactly it was, but. Oh, it's, it's obvious. It's just, I mean, it's out in the, I mean, it's, they left it there. So bio reconstruct could see it easily. They didn't, they didn't hide it. No, no, no. They left I mean, it out for him easy. To be fair, everyone knows that they're con- contractly obliged to add Nintendo at some point. So yes. But That's yeah, nice. so, so how, how is this, you know, I don't think we've really touched on it, but what, what do you think of the stunt show? How would you rate it? I saw it a bunch of times at the beginning and it had a lot of technical glitches because there's so many things where you're integrating the actors with the screen. And that sounds like a universal flaw of overusing the screen, but... Well, it's a lot easier now because they were actors wear masks. When they weren't wearing masks, um, 
when in the tests, you couldn't tell the actors from the screen who were on the screen and weren't. That's a spoiler alert for the first scene, by the way. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and so now you can tell because the actors have masks on. Well, who's who's the screen and who's not? Well, they have a mask on. But um, the integration is really good. The only valid criticism is some of the fist fighting and other things look more fake than it should be. But let's be realistic. This is a theme park stunt. This is not the movies yeah. in which we yeah. you haven't got the 15, camera angle. 15 yeah. different angles to get exactly so you can't tell that his fist didn't get within three feet of the other person. Yeah, yeah. So That's fair. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it's... I, I confidently would say it's the best show in Orlando. In and the Orlando that, area. That That is praise indeed. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident with that. And what about the... Um, so one of my favourite stores, being the huge geek that I am, was the old T2 store. How, mm-hmm. how drastically different is that, is that store now? Because it used to have, used to have things like uh, comic book merchandise mm-hmm. and comic books. It used to have Doctor Who. It was, a bit, it was basically just a random geek store. Yes, how, it was. How, how different is that now? They converted it well before the pandemic started. They converted it into um, partially classic monsters, because they're yeah. really trying to push the classic monster because they more or less own that. Um, born merchandise. And then some, I noticed in the last trip and was helping somebody else the other day via live stream. And they've added some more geek type stuff. Like there was some DC stuff in there, which made no sense whatsoever. Mm. Um, but a lot of that Doctor Who anime type stuff, that's been moved to the MIB store. The gear shop. Yeah, that makes sense because, I mean, who, I mean, I'm guessing Men in Black merchandise is not selling in great yeah. deal at the minute. Correct. I imagine that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not, not a lot's being sold there, so. Maybe, maybe that's a sign of the next thing to go. I mean, when the Doctor I, Who merchandise moves in. I'd, yes. love, to, I'd love to see the uh, Men in Black attraction replaced, but with Epic Universe on, on the horizon, I don't think it will be until that opens. Yeah. Well, we're pretty confident, and we're in the world of rumors, but I can say this pretty we're pretty confident they were they were hoping MIB International, which is not a bad movie, but not a great movie, mm-hmm. was gonna do better so they could do some retheming and some repackaging and get it to go further, but yeah, that didn't work. No, nor did the movie. Yeah, and it was as you said, it's okay, but like it's okay. It. It's not good but enough I mean, to retheme a when you're When you're someone who writes curriculum for faith-based groups based on movie presentations, I watched the trailer and already knew everything was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I knew who the villain was. I knew how it was going to happen. I knew I was going to be involved. I'm like, that's not really great writing if I can figure it out in yeah. three minutes. To, to be fair, the same was true of the, the second Jurassic World film. Yeah, yes, I think that's really fair, but no one thinks that's a classic either. No, that is very true. I think you, you have yeah. your classic action movie checklist for that for that movie, and yes. you pick every single box. Yeah, that was a joke I was having. Now we're, we'll sidetrack this later. I was having with someone else about um, IPs that are haunted houses. There's an old haunted house. See if you've heard this trope before. There's an old abandoned haunted house haunt, house you didn't know was haunted, but you got it cheap or your family gave it to you. So you go in to fix it up and all of a sudden it's haunted everywhere. Welcome to Haunting of Hill House. But, you know, since that's been announced this week. 
Yeah, we've known that for a year. Yeah, we yeah, but I mean the um, the facade looks incredible. That is correct. Yeah, I was really impressed by that. I'm very. I mean, I am really hopeful that I can make it over to Halloween Horror Nights at some point this year. We 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 shall see, but fingers crossed. Right. Um, just going down the checklist, uh, the the Raptor Encounter, which is basically across the street in Jurassic Park now from the, from kind of the entrance to Jurassic World Velocicoaster. I mean, they often, the TMs there have to tell people constantly, this is not a ride. This is a photo character experience because it's so close to all the other stuff. Mm. Um, they've added a Sierra, which is, they brought the puppet dinosaur back and they've improved it. And then they've added Bravo. Um, to blue so they have sorry to ruin it for anyone though if you haven't experienced it it will scare you to death the first time the raptor encounter those are puppets just really elaborate puppets they added another one to the mix that comes up and bites your head and eats you yeah my my wife is terrified of of raptors um so there is no chance she'll ever ever get close to that yeah so but i mean it's it's a great it's kind of like it's kind of like a daylight version of, of puppets scaring you in a Halloween Horror Nights house. Yeah. Yeah. It's and also like um, they, they managed to get a, a, um, away from the fact that the donkey meet and greet is so horrendously awful looking by the yes. by the what is often quite a funny actor playing. I him. was going to say that whoever the this week in particular they use for that doesn't really do a really good job. Yeah, and especially week, because it's universal and not Disney, and we don't have to be nice to the children. Yes, yeah. and this week I don't know if you saw, uh, Donkey was not particularly nice to a Magic Kingdom worker. In yes, which was excellent. Yes, um, I had to be reminded of this next thing. Uh, Dockside Inn and Suites is open now. Yes, um, you know I've been waiting for it to open. They were they were doing there. They had done media tours right before the pandemic. They literally brought the media in and then they closed everything down. It didn't open again until December. So Dan and I were supposed to be staying there last, was it last September, wasn't it? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess it would have been September 2020, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's hard to remember. I'm having a hard time remembering all these things. (laughs) It's like the whole world changed on us. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, the prices were fantastic. They looked brilliant for the value, for the value and, um, we, yeah, we obviously sadly had to cancel that trip, but right. yeah, it's good to see them. Good to see them open, and I'm looking forward to staying there in the future. Yeah, I'm in the middle of working on. I think I sure hope this is right. Working on an article for touring plans on trying to tell people the difference between Surfside and Dockside, mm-hmm. because Universal, in typical fashion, has not done a very good job of branding. Yeah, yeah, and so people are like, "Well, it's the endless summer, but what's the difference?" And they're across the street, and yeah. So, but having stayed at Dockside and Surfside, um, if you're someone who usually comes and stays off site thinking you're going to save money, you should probably just stay at Surfside and Dockside. I mean, I know I was looking at rooms for a couple of days in September and it was $70 a night for annual pass. Mm. Great. I so. mean, I don't know if you, you've seen, but um, the price is just release for the reopening of Port Orleans and um I have seen that because that was my favorite place to go great resort yeah not yeah anymore. I looked at the dates I was looking at to staying there it was like 370 dollars a night 
for yeah. just a standard room. Yeah. Shocking. And on the same on the same week, Portofino was two ninety. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, in fairness, we're 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 leaving our script as we usually do when I come on, so I apologize. We're seeing a lot of weird prices with Universal's um, premier hotels, the ones that have Express Pass. Portofino is, has been dropping below Royal often. So I don't know, but I suspect that's because convention traffic has come back because Royal and Sapphire um, surround the convention center there. Mm, right. So, so they've got a bunch of sold already. Yeah, so Royal was, Portofino was 400. No, no. Royal was 400 and Portofino was 284. Wow. Now, granted, this was stay for seven days, off season, yeah. annual pass, but still. I mean, the, the thing is, even even Portofino, I mean, is obviously a fantastic hotel when you compare it to Port Orleans. Uh huh. Plus, you get the um, Express. Yep. Honestly, like anyone listening from the UK, there is just just don't even consider paying those prices. It is ridiculous, and I know in the UK we do we do often get relatively good deals because we stay there for two weeks. So that, that price, mm-hmm. the average per night price, is dramatically less than that. But even so, you know, I've been looking at um, prices for next year, and it's never been higher for Disney without any real benefits for staying on property. So, unless you were planning on spending two days of your trip at Disney Springs. Because taking the boat from Port Orleans is really convenient. Yeah, so I've stayed at Port Orleans, <laughs> I've stayed at Saratoga and Oki West. Right. And that boat trip is, I don't, I don't want to use the term lightly, but it is magical. It is a lovely little boat journey into Disney Springs. You can relax, you can have some drinks, mm-hmm. and then you get that late night boat back. And it is so wonderful compared, compared to the bus. Yeah, I was going to say, um, as an old gray-haired white guy, it can even be romantic in my house. Okay. Oh, yeah. Same right. for us, to be fair. Same for us. Right. So just, just for perspective, I'm not trying to downsell that. The, the boat trips back to Sapphire Falls or Portofino, I would not define those as romantic. Yeah. Those are those are party bus, you're at Universal. Yeah. That's the, yeah, it's the equivalent of um, leaving Hollywood Studios and going back to um, the Swan on a boat. Yes. I think that's fair, but you know, I've been on your on lots of shows and told people that, like I did last trip, last trip in May, stayed at Cabana Bay. I think I paid eighty five bucks a night mm. for like a week and a half or something, and booked my Rise of Resistance boarding pass from the lobby of Cabana Bay got like boarding group seven, which was like, uh Oh, and then took the, took the Uber over to the boardwalk so we could walk in. Cause that was the quickest way to get in. And, you know, I can't imagine what the boardwalks are costing now, $700 a night. I mean, yeah, board, boardwalk has always been ridiculous. Yeah. It's always been one of those hotels that we've, my wife and I've always wanted to stay in, but when we weigh, weigh up, we're like, it's just not it's not worth it you know i'd love to be out i think if, if i was to stay anywhere you look at the beach and yacht which are usually much cheaper right and it's a very very short wander to my favorite park epcot so right and if you're going to go to i know we're doing universal if you're going to go to disney and stay off site and you're going to use ride share 
you use Lyft now to most of the places, except for Magic Kingdom, which doesn't help you, um, because they've set up Lyft stands specifically. Whereas Universal has decided to cater to Uber, mm. Disney is apparently partnered with Lyft because we use Lyft um, the day they switched to partnering with Lyft, and we got back to Panda Bay, you know, twenty minutes. Right. So, did did they use Lyft for the minivans? Minivans were Lyft, yes. Yeah. Which, well, that's not a thing anymore, right? That is a really. This is. Sorry, those of you listening cannot see the look on my face when he asked that question of, <laughs> of well, they are, but they aren't. Okay. Um, you still can do them, but you probably don't want to. If you thought they were outrageously expensive before, mm. they become more VIP elite. They're still around, but you have to know someone to know someone to get one. Okay, okay. It's and you're not elite. taking them from the airport like a lot of people tried to do. Yeah. Chapex, Chapex is just the only one left, and he's going around picking people up. If you've got five grand, <laughs> personal. Well, let, let me let me speak for your audience for a second. One, your Chapex criticism, a little over the top, but almost always factual. Two, <laughs> did you just again, Ryan, tell people that they should stay at Universal when they when they come from the UK instead of staying at Disney? And where are you planning on staying in August? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I have I have um, defended that action on on the show before, and I I completely dislike myself for doing so. Okay. But I think so. What it, it all stemmed from having a conversation with my wife, and it being our daughter's first trip to Orlando, and wanting to just so, so let me get this straight as ease, use the Disney buses and as a member forth. of the clergy here in the U.S. Did you um did you claim this is your wife's fault? So yes. I, that doesn't go well in counseling, by the way. I just want to let you know. In counseling later, that doesn't go over well. She I may have to recommend one of my um, Great Britain friends to help you with that. Okay, let's move on and save Ryan from this. In, in my defense, um, mm-hmm. and it will always be my defense, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I'm fine. Well, my wife barely listens to anything I do, so it's, I, I totally get that. <laughs> um, I know you're sad about this, but the Barney show is gone. Oh. That actually is bad for you because Piper would have enjoyed the Barney show in all fairness. In all fairness, yeah, she would have done. And it was one of the few experiences at university. And I'm, and I'm not making this comparison, but I just the one reason the Barney show or something like it needs to be universal is children with disabilities, disadvantages, especially autistic children. Mm. That was the highlight of their trip to Universal. Give Kids the World would bring them in and it was like it was yeah. like meeting Mickey at the Magic Kingdom. But I, so think that's, that's, I think that's that totally kind fair. of a negative. That's, that's totally fair. I mean, I, I remember, um, so my sister's five years younger than me and was a big Barney fan growing up. You know, they, I'm sorry they, about that. They, yeah, I know. They, we had a Barney board game. Can you believe it? That was a thing? It was a wow. thing. It wasn't a good thing, but it was a thing. <laughs> um, and I do remember how, how much joy that show brought her as, as mm-hmm. a kid. So... Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. Universal does need something to that equivalent, equivalence coming into the park. So Universal in the short term, and and I mean rumors, repeat rumors. Something from Illumination slash DreamWorks is going to take over that area. It makes sense um, soon. And so now we're in the short term because obviously that area is going to be prime time to walk through for Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. So anything. So they've taken the Barney stage and turned it into DreamWorks. I get its name right. DreamWorks destination which 
they have taken the Disney concept of the dance party and kicked it up a notch on universal caffeine and steroids. Um, nine different characters come out during like a 45 minute rotation where there's it's part dance party, part, part distance photo op, part trivia contest. And the cast members are out. Sorry. Wow. I blew that one. The team members are out there um, dancing with everyone. And if your kid is into the Madagascar characters or the penguins and, you know, that group, their prime time or the trolls, I blocked that out because I'm not a fan of the trolls. Wait, is, um, is it, isn't there one of the trolls that used to, in a meet and greet, be, be able to fart? That would time, be Guy, Guy Diamond. Yeah. And now they have Little Diamond also, who's a little version of Guy Diamond. He sits kind of on his shoulder. But yes, he would fart glitter. Yeah. Which was apparently straight from the movie. I've never seen the movies. But no, I haven't either, in, in no. all fairness. You know you're going to have to. I know. I know. I'm going to put it off as long as I can. So just... But um, in the words of my, my unofficial friend, Mr. Seskaberski, that's an excellent, they did an excellent job of, of retrofitting that and putting something relatively cheap together that works. Mm. And I, I've only seen it by video, but it, it's gone now because the movie's come out. The Boss Baby movie. I don't know if you were marketed with the Boss Baby movie in the UK. I've heard of they it. had a boss baby character that walked around that was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. It was absolutely terrifying. Yes. So I'll, I'll move on before I say something inappropriate. In, in my article for Universal Food Blog, which I'll hawk later, I warn people to expect really long queues coming through CityWalk, though that's gotten a lot better. But people are talking about it takes 45 minutes to get from their car to get through security. Wow. Wow. Um, I know that last time when I went in May, I walked from Cabana Bay to City Walk, which is about a 15 minute walk. Um, if you've had too many beverages, maybe 20, 25 minutes. Um, and I got there much faster than people who got on the bus and they had to go through. Because when you stay at Cabana Bay, you have to go through the main security. Mm-hmm. And so, and I don't see that in my article, but I also see if you, unless this changes dramatically in the near future, food queues are ridiculously long at Universal at the moment. Um, 20 minutes just to get a cup of water. Wow. 20 minutes to get a churro. Hour and a half wait to get into Mel's Diner. Why, and even, why is that I think Mel, even I think Mel's Diner Burger is worse than Cosmic Grace. So just so we're clear. <laughs> um Disney has done, even though you may not like how militant it is, Disney has done a good job with their mobile ordering system. Universal have, has done yeah. a terrible job with their system, and they've abandoned it, actually, except for two places. And I, if I check my app, maybe it's different now. But only two places in park can you mobile order now at Leaky Cauldron and Richter's Burger. That's it. And I'm not sure why you'd waste your time at Richter's Burger, but that's a different conversation. Um I have to agree with you on that. I, I went, whether it was last time or the time before, to, to Richard's Burger and wasn't that impressed. No, it's, as I think I've written five million places, if you need a burger in park, and why would you? There's plenty of good burger places out in City Walk. You have to go to Wimpy's and Island Adventure. It's yeah. not even a discussion. Um, 
So just, just a question, because we were just talking yeah. about um, the character kind of dance parties and things. What I found quite interesting is the parks, this is Universal and Disney, have basically returned to normal. Capacity has, has, has clearly gone up quite significantly. But oh, Universal's ha- not pretending. They admit they're, they're open to, for business completely 100%. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure Disney is near as damn it now as well, to be fair. Um, they, they are apparently still limited... Since I don't write a lot about Disney, I didn't go through the data, but if I had to guess, they're probably limited to 60 to 70% of 100% capacity right now. Okay. But what, what I find quite interesting is there is no social distancing anymore. No. Or anything like that. But yet character meets haven't returned, which I find really interesting because as the parts get busier, mm-hmm. especially Disney, they eat up crowds. They eat up families, especially. Oh, you mean, sorry, I'm thinking Universal. At Disney, you have to line up for a half hour if you're lucky just to meet a character. Yeah. but Yeah, they haven't even come close to that. No, I know. Universal, it's never been that long away. No, that's very true. But I I find it very interesting that given that the parks are basically back to normal, they've not even thought about bringing, well, I'm sure they thought about it, but not bringing those character meets back. I'm assuming it's because of the touch element of it. But then if I had to... If I had to guess, and this is total speculation, so I may get a note from people who write me checks for writing articles. You shouldn't have said that. This is total speculation that both Disney and Universal are struggling beyond measure to hire staff. Mm, yeah, I've I mean, heard that. In our, in our country as a whole, um, we're, we're having a really hard time filling the basic jobs just to make the economy work. That's not to mention theme parks, which apparently the economy, well, unless you live in central Florida, the economy does not have to work with theme parks. Universal, I, if I had to guess when I was there in May, it's about half the amount of staff that needs to be there. So the parks have opened up, but the staff level has not raised up. Uh, does that, is that the reason for these long food, food queues, do you think? Mm. There's also supply issues. Um, I know that my country... The country I'm a citizen of has done a really good job with the vaccines and really good job with several things, but we've done a horrible job with supply chains. Mm. Um, what was I talking with somebody? They went to, it was just your, your basic seafood place. I, it may have even been, um, why can I not think of what it was? It was a Disney Springs. I want to say, nope. Uh, boathouse. Boathouse. Thank you. I wanted to call it something else. They were out of three different kinds of seafood because there was no supply anywhere. Wow. And so I know that's happened to a lot of supplies at at Universal also. Um, So we're basically the U.S. is pretty much back to normal, except there's not there's not enough workers. And we could argue the politics of that. And I don't know enough. I barely know how to do my job, much less tell people how to do that. And there's an issue with supply chains. Um, When you say supply chains, is that state to state or is that like coming into the US? I am only aware of state to state, but I would assume it's also coming to the US. Right. Like the example, the example that was used with me was in the Maryland, Delaware area with the seafood and all the things that are crabs that are there. They just didn't didn't do anything. Things just 
no work was done for like three or four months after we came into normal. And so they're three or four months behind in shipping and boating and everything. Right. And so that's caused a lot of, a lot of slowdown in those kind of things. Mm, that makes sense. That's, but that's what we're seeing across. If, if I guess I should have added this, this article, if I were coming from the UK or any, if, anywhere else, I would make sure I was aware that it's going to be, it's going to take a while to get stuff. Um, and that's just the way it is. I know I wrote some from maturing plans the other day about the importance of giving a, a UO fist bump or compliments to team members, because mm. most team members are doing twice the work that they were having to do a year or two ago. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. I mean, so. to, to be honest at this point, I'd be happy just sitting in city walk with a Starbucks for the day. I mean, that's, that, that's way better than. I don't, well, in fairness, Starbucks staffing seems to be equal level. It's just still, still as slow as it always was. Yeah. I tell you Sorry what, you should, you should, no, it's fine. You should try coming to the Starbucks in our local town, because if you think that the, the Orlando service is slow, I'm used to- Yeah, I believe you. Um, Universal's tried really hard to turn CityWalk into actual shopping area. I don't know if you've seen this. They've got a brand new store as well, haven't they? They got two brand new stores because you took the old Universal tiny little store that was off to your left when you came yep. through security. Yeah. Um, that's now a legacy store. That's, a, that's an attraction in its own. It's got props from stuff from the 1990s. Nice. That are the real props and the real things. And that's an attraction in its own, but they... They're going to clean up that marketing. I suspect it's going to be very Halloween Horror Nights coming up soon. Mm. But they, when you when you come through Security Hub and you make the right to go towards Universal Studios Florida towards Voodoo Donuts, I mean mm. they took over all of that, and now it's very it's very 21st century modern, clean. I, I call it the world of the world of Universal to give you perspective of what it is. It looks, yeah. it looks like what, if, if Disney were going to recreate the world of Disney store, this is what it would look like. Yeah. And, you know, Universal doesn't have that magic that through nostalgia, when we walk into a store at Disney world, we just buy it. And we just don't know why we bought it. We just bought it. Um, Universal does, doesn't have that yet. So they're trying to get to that point, but Universal is doing everything they can to get rid of any third party groups. Just wait until, um, Wait until that Nintendo merchandise comes in. They will be, uh, that will be flying off the shelves. Right. I was one of those people who was upset that they kind of hinted that Nintendo merchandise was going in there. Mm. And then we, then it opened and it wasn't there. Yeah. It's a shame because obviously the, the stuff that's over in Japan looks incredible. Yeah. Um, the only, the next thing on the list is, and this literally has, has changed three times since I wrote this article a couple of weeks ago. Check and see how Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure is doing their queue. It may be a virtual line in the app. They may not have a virtual line at all. They may switch back and forth, or they may have a virtual line that you have to use your phone to scan a QR code and then be like the old Disney FastPass where you had to do it near the attraction. Because they're experimenting with that this week. That's nice and confusing. Yes. And... You remember picking the days on, where you could just turn up and, and go on a ride? Yes. And, and picking on both parks, as I've been telling people lately, the reason Rise of Resistance has that silly boarding pass system is because 
if rise of resistance ran as efficiently as humanly possible, they can only put in half the people who are in the park that day. Mm. Hagrid's problem is it's still not reliable. Yeah. I mean, it's still not, it's still not even close. So um, you want to talk food? Yeah, let's talk, let's talk food. Cause I don't know if you know this or not, but I like food. I enjoy food. Um, I miss universal food. Yes. And a couple things universal because Mardi Gras went so well, the Mardi Gras this year with the tents and the food. Mm. Universal tried to double down on that and have a summer bites tent thing that kind of went okay. And then for the Olympics, because I don't know if you're aware, NBC in our country and Comcast has the rights to the Olympics. So, oh, okay. so it's all got to synergize. They have booths that are set up in that music plaza area in Universal Studios, Florida. And with Japanese food and with the exception of the sushi, because the sushi is slightly better than the average store sushi. Mm. Um, the food is good, uh, but the booths are hardly ever staffed because right. the, food, the food didn't sell very well and they're understaffed. So. Yeah. That's a shame. That, it, feels, it feels like they could have used that as an opportunity to do the, uh, the universal international food and wine festival. Uh-huh. And I, I believe that's what they were testing. Yeah. See if they could pull it off and then set up special events with the Olympics on the big screen right there in music Plaza. Mm. And because, because they, you know, whereas in, because it's in Japan with the time zone change, they could show stuff when people arrive for the park early. That's the prime time thing in Japan and yeah. have a whole event and have special food. I mean, it was a great idea. It just doesn't seem like it's going to work. I mean, sport is all the talk of uh, this country at the minute, given the. Yeah. I was trying not to mention something that may occur approximately, you know, I mean, this what, episode what, goes three, out 48 hours from now. Yeah, this episode goes out on Monday. We're either going to be very happy or very sad come Monday morning. That's correct. And we'll try not to bother you one way or the other because it will not be good for us. <laughs> I, I know I know as well as you do that on Monday I will have a tweet um, in my mm -hmm. inbox from you. <laughs> yes. Well, no, you won't because I'm not going to listen to this episode. Oh, you'll, be, you'll know the score, though. You'll, I'll you'll know the score. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, there, there may be something. Maybe I'll wait till Tuesday because I'm one of those okay. people. Yeah, if, if it's um, we win, wait till Tuesday. Yeah, I may. Um, hot butter beers year round now. You know what? This so this this is great news for me because I've always been there. I, I think just before they've introduced it, because they tended to introduce it like November. Almost, yeah, November. So just before, just after I um, left. So I've never had a hot hot butter beer, and I've always wanted to try one. Now, in fairness, it is year round. Hot butter beer is a different formula than frozen and cold. Yeah, I think um, even if even if I can't get to Universal this year, I have the Warner Brothers Studio Tour booked here in the UK. Uh, okay. And they do. I think they do hot butter beer there. They they do. Um, one of my associates who's doing a research on butter beer throughout the world mm. compared that butter beer to blue and green milk. <laughs> I, so I, I had the, the not in not in taste but in quality. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, I had the frozen butter beer last time I was at Warner Brothers right. Studio Tour, and it was all right. Um, but I mean, everything in the UK is is not as good. Right. <laughs> to be like, being honest, <laughs> that's because sugar is not a main component of your diet as it is well, in our country. 
the other thing is we have uh, a thing called sugar tax so if you want if you want a super sugary drink it costs more and it also costs the business more so Mm -hmm. they're far less inclined and all of our cereals now taste terrible (laughs) all the cereals i grew up with now just taste like you're eating cardboard um important thing a hot butterbeer and this seems to change week to week it's not sold at all places and it's not being sold at the carts and sometimes sometimes it's at the hopping pot sometimes it's not sometimes it's at hogshead and sometimes it's not they seem to be having trouble keeping the supply going there's that um and and you're i don't know what it's called but as when you're in the um when you're in diagon alley there's like a like a little like a quite a large window um to the back right of that area near where the celestine and warbeck show is yeah 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 that's the hopping pipe yeah so that's where i, I often see them do, right. like, doing that yeah and so they've run out several times and i don't know what that means interesting but universal's been very insistent that hot butter beer is year-round yeah there's probably that that initial influx of people right buying it and then it will calm down a bit and mm-hmm. there's no point buying a huge amount of supply just just for one month and then it will just you know right and and i suspect that has something to do with the fact that florida it's probably been warmer in the uk than it's been in florida many many days lately really oh it's oh yeah i mean it's been hotter for me here in the midwest of the united states than it was in florida I mean, they've had a few days where they've gotten to 90, but most of the time they've been living in the mid 80s to low 80s. Mm. So now some of that's rain, but just so effective. Uh, did you ever go to the sushi place that was on the second floor of City Walk? No. You know, the fusion sushi. Apparently no one else did either. Because um, <laughs> it's been replaced by a bin, bin the bow. So it's a bow bun place now. Yes, I saw that. It's very expensive, aren't they? I thought the price point's a little high, especially in a town, in a community in which you could drive not far away and get better quality bow buns mm. for less. Mm. But if you're a vacationer who's staying on site, yeah, it's a good it's a, it's a pretty decent deal. Yeah. Um, I it came out after my last trip, so I have not seen them up close and personal, but but they they look more snack like than um yeah yeah i think you only get a couple don't you it's twelve dollars for two yeah and then five dollars for each one after that yeah but the reviews have been the flavor is good the bow buns are good um the quality is high i've yeah i've heard very good things i'm very keen to try it um next time i'm there i mean there's i don't know i don't have to roll me out of that part well when i add the next thing it is because voodoo donut is up there their donut game, seasonal game. They have five different Olympic donuts now for the Olympic rings. They, of course, did a churro stand donut to go with the joke about the Jurassic World Velocicoaster. They, they've been cranking out a seasonal donut about every two or three weeks. Yeah, I, I do love voodoo. So, and did you ever go to Hollywood or Bust in Kid Zone? No. Think Dippin' Dots. It was Dippin' Dots for you. Right. Um, so since you've been, Dippin' Dots contract was not renewed, like Ben and Jerry's contract was not renewed for mm-hmm. 2021. Um, so that little kiosk between between SpongeBob, 
and ET that's kind of out there in a little standalone free kiosk. It became a nacho stand, which had decent nachos, and then recently has become a Belgian leche waffle stand, building on a stand they had in, in that area for Mardi Gras. They have Sundays, cupcakes, cake. All the reviews so far have been wonderful. I'm looking at a picture here of, you know, a bacon-covered waffle, like they've taken the bacon maple donut from Voodoo Donut and made it into a waffle. Um, the reviews have been really good. That sounds, sounds good. That sounds excellent. And another reason for me to go over to the very strangely located SpongeBob store. <laughs> yes, that's a whole different podcast of why yeah. that's located there and why other things aren't there. Um, Universal Classic Monsters store, on a store cafe is back open, but it's only open for lunch. It's been closed almost since the pandemic because mm. the team members were using it as a break room. That's one of the many reasons. Right. Okay. Because they didn't have as much space. Yeah. 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 Um, Central Park Crepes. Um, that addition in Central Park, kind of across from La Bamba and Universal Studios Florida, is an incredible addition to um, the food in Universal Studios Florida. I know they're not real crepes. I know if you go to Disneyland Paris, the crepes will be better if you get them off site. I get that. Um, but you can get a filling crepe for $10 or less um, at that stand pretty easily. They've got the sweet version. Um, you could probably entertain Piper for hours with one of these. I mean, we, so we were in Alton Towers, which is mm -hmm. the UK's best go at a theme park. Yes, I'm aware of your feelings about it currently. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a good theme park, but, uh, you know, as you as you would have heard on, on last week's show, it's got lots of flaws. Um, yep. And she had a, a chocolate um, waffle for lunch because we're, <laughs> we, we're on vacation. right? Yep, I know. Um, and I, yeah. I can talk big now. My kid's 18. OK, I know what it was like back then. Yeah. So she uh, she absolutely loved that. So I think when we, when we make it over back over to the States, that will be, you know, basically whatever she sees on the menu that she wants, she's going to have. Yes. Um, for lunch because she's on holiday. Because she's going to bat her eyes and it's all, all it takes. And daddy's going to say, sure. Yeah. But then yeah, we all know how this works. The, the problem is uh, getting back to normal when you're back home. Right. Um, my standard recommendation, actually, with family with children, you're mm. going to be shocked and this will feed right into your nostalgia narrative, is green eggs and ham. Yes. Um, the Nutella tots, which were never really Nutella tots, they were really graham. Those are no longer there. Those have been replaced by Philly brisket tots. Okay. I would still recommend the pizza tots or the buffalo chicken tots, but if you're going to share with Piper and your wife, um, I would not recommend the buffalo chicken tots. P pizza tots sounds safe. Pizza tots is the best way to go, and I think I've written in several articles lately, pizza tots are better than pizza fries, so just so you get your perspective. Or oh, you might have some Halloween Horror Nights fans on you there. I have not had anyone dispute that yet. Interesting. To yes. be fair, I think I, I, I speak to a lot of um, Horror Nights fans in the UK who probably haven't had the chance to try the Correct. pizza tots yet. Yeah, the pizza tots are better than pizza fries. Yeah, I, I definitely will give those a go. If, if I can um, get close to them with Piper and, and my wife eating them. Good luck with that. I'll just get two servings. Well, that's what I was going to suggest. But from a budget standpoint, you could just get two, get an order of pizza tots or an order of something else like green eggs and ham tots and share between the two of you. You'd be fine. 
Well, if I get the, the buffalo ones, I, I can be the only one that eats those, you see. So I'll be That's fine. true. That's a good call. That's excellent, excellent decision by the decision maker on vacation, but that will backfire on you immediately. Oh, yeah. I'll immediately have to go and find some, some ice cream or waffle to buy. Afterwards. Yeah, she'll be going to get the Sunday on a stick at Hop on Pop, and that's yeah, how it'll yeah. go. Yeah. Um, the last food thing is Natural Selections Food Stand, which is kind of near River Adventure, Jurassic World Velocicoaster. They added the blue churro, which is a yes. themed churro. It's actually pretty good. And they still have the Dutch Dolce de Leche churro, which is still getting rave reviews. Um, and the last Jurassic World theme thing is the, I can't even say this correctly. I'm reading it off my script. The Casado Burger, which is a Costa Rican inspired black Angus patty with sweet plantains, avocado, pork belly, garlic mayonnaise on a raptor scorched brioche bun. That sounds incredible. And my, my, in this article, my response is, since this is burger digs, I will pass on this themed burger. But you are welcome to enjoy it since there's no expense spared in presenting it to you. <laughs> um, let me see what else we haven't gone over. We mentioned One, no more. We didn't, oh, we didn't talk about dining plans. Yeah, well, before we before we touch on that, I think the one thing that I seen um, that really impressed me was the tribute store to uh, the uh, Velocicoaster. But I was not going to see. Apparently, I should have messaged you in the chat. I was not going to mention that because we know that's going to close August 9th. Yeah, of course. But I mean, and it, so it, you, your UK friends cannot come see it. The the effort put into it was pretty. Incredible. Oh, the effort put into it is amazing and shows that the synergy of all of this being planned in advance because they were going to have the, the Velocicoaster open the same day that the movie was going to come out mm. and connect all those together. Yeah. It was going yeah. to be amazing. Um, Disney says they're going to have dining plans soon. Yeah. Solid rumor is they're waiting on people who speak with your accent to come over before they do that. Because... So because studies sense. have shown that your group will pay whatever for the dining plan. Yes, that that is. Um, you, will, I mean, you will not question the amount of money they charge you, and you will just pay it. Yeah, but we're also we're also a, a country that will heavily research menus before we travel and ensure that we buy the most expensive thing from each menu. Oh, they're, they're well aware of that. I've spoken with some of them. They're like, oh, it's not a problem. We will make sure it's enough that we make money off of this. Oh, I'm sure they, they, they I yes. mean, I, I speak many a times. I, I am a fan of the dining plan for its planning um, yes. and peace of mind um, that it gives me. But Which, I, I know that Disney still makes, obviously Disney still makes uh, a fair bit of money from, from me on that. Mm -hmm. But then I don't have to worry about money when I'm there. Right. So, and that's the argument. It doesn't hurt as much if you wave a gift card or you wave a dining plan. Yeah. But curiously enough, Universal with no notice to travel agents anywhere. Just stopped doing their dining plan. I think it was the 2nd of June, 2nd of July. Mm. With international guests, in theory, getting to come over soon, they've eliminated the dining plan. Yeah, it's an interesting one, though. And... They've now said that any credits on the dining plan will expire by the end of the year. So oh, if you really? had extra credits. Yeah. So it's a very curious move. Um, I think, I think for universal food blog, I wrote about how it's a combination of the system never worked. They wanted to change it anyway. And their staffing makes it impossible. 
That but we sense. don't know why they did it. Yeah. But we do know that no travel agent was told in advance. And we do know, I'm once again making fun of international guests, but I understand why you do this. I totally understand because you don't need to be opening your wallet every five minutes when you come when you're on vacation. The and we ups- stay there, you know, for two, two, three weeks at a time. Yes. And it, and it's, it just makes it, and, and I completely agree with everyone that says, yeah, but you're, you're still, you're paying more in the long mm-hmm. run. And, and I definitely get that, but it is, sometimes we do get a good deal on it and they offer the free dining yes, plan. Yes, they do. And a free dining plan in the UK is two weeks of, of free dining. Now I know the room rates go up and I've compared it before and after, um, yeah. but you still save a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think so because they've got an offer in, here in the UK at the minute where you get up to $950 dining credit. Dining credit. If you book for next year, that offer is one of the worst offers I've ever yes, seen. Because, um, you know, you add that up and it probably lasts you a couple of days because it's for your mm-hmm. whole room. Yep. And a lot of the people in the UK have also identified that that offer is terrible and that the prices to go to Disney have gone up by you know, in some cases, thousands of pounds um, compared yes. to the last time people went. So I think when Disney, and I know from speaking to a few people who are in the know that every resort Disney has above a value is struggling to fill uh, at the minute because the, the, the rooms rates are so expensive. The mm-hmm. UK guests aren't prepared to pay those prices and I'm sure European guests outside of the UK are the same. Therefore, they are going to have to entice us back. Um, well, I can verify lots of guest reports of people who booked Pop Century or the standard room at Art of Animation who were then switched to Grand Floridian yeah. or um, Caribbean Beach just so they could continue to sell. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but it's a curious move by Universal to drop the dining plan when they were doing the same upselling that Disney does so well. Mm. And so that's going to be interesting to see. Um, there's already been some decoration for what might be in the Lost Continent area, might be a Halloween-like tribute store going in for that time in that area. Because they're gonna, it looks like it looks like Universal is gonna to try to make Islands Adventure the kid-friendly come trick-or-treat area. And then scare the crap out of you in the Halloween Horror Nights at Studios Florida. It, it makes um, sense. I mean, uh, let's use Poseidon's Fury as a whole trick or treat um, walkthrough, shall we? Well, that's that's one way to get people into the. Lost I don't country. think that's going to happen, but it's a really good idea based on what I said. What we're seeing go up. So, and we've already talked about it. I think um, Jack is your icon this year for Halloween Horror Nights and Beetlejuice and Haunting of Hill House. Yep. Everything, but we we knew this already. This is this is old information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're somebody who functions in that world, I think shockingly enough, I've gone through all my notes of everything. It's different. There's a guys. lot there. There's a lot there. Yeah. Since, <clears throat> so since. I'm sure I missed about a hundred things, but but it's it's going to be interesting to see as as we're seeing data that at least for domestic travelers. People are spending sometimes twice as much as they normally would on vacation this year, between September and December. Yeah, Disney and Universal are counting on it. Yeah, but then I think the the challenge with that is that that trend will not occur again 
people are people are, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of fortunate people, and I think you know, Dan, Dan and I sit in that bucket, have not been able to go on vacation, right? Have therefore saved that money. Also, we've not been mm-hmm. allowed to go out of our houses really for yep. at least six, eight months of the time period during COVID. Therefore, you're saving money through not going out to restaurants, pubs, mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So therefore, we have more money to spend on vacations. That right. is not going to happen into, you know, maybe next year because people might be booking to go next year. But 2023 onwards, no chance. And, and I think this is where Disney in particular will have to change their strategy quite significantly um, in order to stay competitive and get people to book. Right. Well, it's in standard because Universal and Disney are both great. They're just different. Yeah. In standard plans, Universal, and now I'm, I don't have it in front of me, but I know I'm in the ballpark. If you use the touring plan system, spoiler alert, I do some writing for touring plans. So please take this for what it's worth. If you use the touring plan system on their scale, currently the crowd levels at Universal are about a seven or an eight. On, a, on up to 10. ten, I'll think eleven is like Christmas Day. Yeah, okay? yeah. ten is ten is a scary summer. Um, Universal has just they've decided we're going to keep the prices down. I mean, they increased annual passes a little bit, but we're going to keep the prices down, keep the hotel down, and just attract the audience that's going to be here. Whereas it appears that Disney, being different, has decided we know there's people who want to come. We will overcharge them and they will be happy to give us their money. I heard one person use the illustration of the old Field of Dreams movie. They will come, Ray. They will come. They will not know why they are paying, but they will feel compelled to come. And Disney seems to be counting on that. And I think um, as much as I dislike them for it, I think they can rely on that at least until the end of the 50th period because that is when the money that people have saved, and it it is the the middle class to upper class people that have this money um, that ha- didn't lose their jobs during COVID and, have, and right. have this money saved. That is when that money then dries up and they will not be able to, to, to do that every year. Um, right. And that's when Disney needs to change their strategy, but not, not, not for the next 18 months. That's correct. And, but what we're, what we're seeing, I know we were talking universal, but what we're seeing is people are more than happy to go to Disney and st- overpay for value rooms and moderate rooms and they're way overpaying for those mm. and i know we're let's all make dan let's all make, both make fun of ryan because he's about to do that i don't know but, where you guys are i don't know where you guys are staying in september but in october but probably at disney too so i can it make might fun be of disney later. yeah yeah <laughs> um but in, in in our defense in in both cases um so I, i'm staying at coronado springs in august and it was cheaper than any value resort Yes. For some reason, I, I got a very good deal in Coronado. And well, Caribbean... and that's what, I, that's where I was about to go is the mm. values are very high at the moment. Cause I yeah. was looking at October at pop and it was like 280 or something yeah. ridiculous like that, at least twice as much of what it should be. And then, but we know that the deluxes are pretty much empty mm. and some of the moderates are empty. And so People are willing to come, but they're not willing to stay at more expensive hotels, which is why, and you can save this for your next podcast, which is why Disney has pulled out the extra magic hours for deluxe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
Doesn't really feel like enough though, does it? It doesn't. It's not enough to stay at those deluxe hotels when they're going to charge you $800 a night. Well, yeah. the thing is, you know, we, we've, we had, everyone had that perk before. Yes. And, and now you're using a previous perk to try and entice people that have probably stayed at Disney before, because yep. if you haven't, you're not really going to understand what it means anyway. Um, yep. So yeah, it's an interesting one, but as you said, yeah, we could do a whole show on that. Right. And even on the worst rate and, I know it's skewed and we talk about value and this is what I do in the theme park world. Even if you get a bad rate at the Hard Rock Hotel for $450, and I'm not trying to say the Hard Rock Hotel is equal to the Grand Floridian or mm. the Poly mm. or Contemporary. I'm not trying to say that because of the location of where those are. But you're paying half as much and you're getting express yeah. and you're literally walking to the parks. And you have like, a bus that drops you off at Volcano Bay. Have you ever tried to get from Grand Floridian to one of the water parks at Disney? Good luck. Um, I mean, I would not be surprised. And, and Craig, who listens to the show and I podcast with and another podcast, has said this for years. I would not be surprised to see Disney introduce Fast Pass for those staying at Grand Floridian, Poly, Contemporary. Uh, the rumor is, once again, we are totally in the world of rumors here. The rumor is that they will be given either more fast passes mm. or they'll be the only ones given fast passes you can get in advance. Yeah. And that's assuming we don't get into the paid fast pass phenomenon. Which I think will, will happen. People are like, well, they should just, now I'm on my soapbox. Let me tuck the preacher in me down for a second. Um, everyone... I hear people constantly talking about, well, Disney should just go to the model at Universal and the deluxes should have Express. That would never work. It will not work with Disney system with their crowd. Yeah, it's a bad point. There's just no way to make that work. I mean, we're talking realistically. I, I mean, I love Universal. I appreciate Universal. I get a small amount of money for, you know, to cover my vacations for writing about Universal. So I'm not going to pretend about this, okay? Um, but... You can't, you can easily put more people into Magic Kingdom than you can all of Universal Orlando Resort. Mm. How are you going to juggle Express with the 50,000 attractions at Magic Kingdom? And that's just one park. Yeah. No, I mean, so it'll be interesting, but. They definitely, uh, something has happened. Something is coming. Yeah. Pass, pass, for sure. But as, as I heard one of my friends say the other day, he was talking about. You know, he, he would go to a concert. Now, granted, he's a little older than me. He would go to a concert to see somebody like Bruce Springsteen or somebody like that, and it would be like $15, and he'd be in the front row. Now, the only way, even if he had $1,500 to pay for the front row, he still has to be in a special group and have ex American Express and have this and have that. The world has changed, and mm -hmm. this, unfortunately, is a window that Disney and Universal can take advantage of if they do it right. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So, well, thank thank you very much, uh, John. It's always an absolute pleasure. And before you go, I think it's uh, it'd be great. You mentioned touring plans a couple of times, but okay, please, is this time share. where I hawk all my stuff? Yeah, go for it. Okay, one, I'm guest writer at Touring Plans. So if you if you would like more information on touring plans about Universal Orlando, this is where you go and you like the stuff and you follow it and you read it and the, because editors check these things. And I hate to sound like that person. 
every time one of my articles goes up, somebody is like, well, this is how it did for the first 24 hours. This is how it did for the next seven days. And I don't even know the article went up. Um, so, but Turing Plans has really has made it at least some of a commitment to be more about Universal Orlando. So if, if that's helpful to you, go check that. Um, two other places that I'm writing for at the moment is um, Universal Food Blog. You can look that up at uogrubhub.com um, or just Google Universal Food Blog. If you want to know about food at Universal, this site is doing a great job with that and easy to read, easy to work with. And they're trying to add a lot of really new, cool things about food at Universal. And so it's lots of changes since last time I was on your show. And I'm running for Universal Family Vacations, which is a travel agency and other things that can help you with your stay. And I'm sure that Steve, the owner, would want me to say at this point, those of you from the UK, if you need help with those, please go and check those out at Universal Family Vacations. And all the blogs that appear there currently are written by me. Um, and yes, I have a real job. If you want to follow me at Pastor John, J-O-N, self on Twitter, I pastor a church here in the United States. So if you need help in that area, I will be happy to help. Ryan and Dan are looking at my little recording studio that I have in, since we live in that world at the moment. So I think I have hawked just about everything I could possibly think of to do. I'm not good at that. So I think I got it all in and hopefully no one fell asleep at the end of your podcast. No, that was excellent. I mean, I've, I will definitely check out the the um, the last two that you mentioned. I think the first, uh, touring plans obviously is, is huge and I've read a, a lot of the, the stuff that you've written um, on the site. I've been a fan of touring plans uh, for a number of years. So, Well, in uh, fairness, I have phenomenal editors. I'm not saying my writing's that good. <laughs> well, at least partial credit to the editors then, but I think you've got to take some of the credit. Uh, well, I will, I will take some and the small amount of money that they pay me so that I can have a business expense when I go on vacation. There you go. That's what you need. That's how that works. That's what you need. Well, thanks very much, John, and we will catch you soon. Thank you. Ah, there you are. And just in time, there's a little matter I forgot to mention. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. They have selected you to fill our quota, and they'll haunt you until you return. Ha, 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 ha